Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the great Jason Shear. We have many things to get to. First of all, hello, Jason. How are you doing? Splendid, Michael. How are you? You are doing better now that you were talking to me. Let's be honest here. This is true. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right. All right. So um, we have a, like, we're going to go heavy football and basketball on this show. We're going to be talking JDL. We're going to be talking Noah Fafita. We are going to be talking uh, Manuel Steven, Red Blue, um, Keona Wilhite. But first, let's talk about Keona Wilhite. Keona Wilhite has uh, decommitted from the University of Arizona. He is going to open the process up. Um, Washington has long been the rumored uh, destination for him, but I think that Arizona will still be in this one till the end there, Jason Shear. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most surprising decommitment. I'm not sure it was really Arizona's side of things either. I think Keona wants some love. And he's going to get some love by going through the process independent of Elijah rushing. Uh, Washington, I think, is probably the favorite, but it's not a lock by any means. Arizona is going to keep recruiting him. There's a legit chance that he winds up back at Arizona. Yeah, and the thing is, he's when we've talked about him from day one, that he was somebody that if he did open up the recruiting process, he'll be able to have kind of his choice of schools, kind of like uh, Elijah Rushing. But what I would tell people this is you got to remember, too, with Will Height, Will Height is new to football in the sense of being a big-time recruit. Elijah Rushing has been recruited by the best schools in the country since he was a freshman or a sophomore in high school. This is a little bit of a different situation for Keona Will Height. So Again, if you if you committed a little too early and you want to go check things out, I got no problem with it. Again, it's kind of a bummer, but this uh, this story is far from over, in my opinion, Jason Shear. Yeah, I mean, remember, I was a little surprised when he committed to Arizona when he did because I thought that like he was enjoying the recruiting process. I thought he would continue to go through it a little bit. Um, the timing of the Arizona commitment was a bit of a surprise to me, only because he he's new to it. Like you mentioned, like this isn't a a situation like rushing where he's been recruited for three years or whatever. This is a, a brand new right. process and all that. And he's going to take some visits and, and go from there. All right. We're going to talk a lot of Arizona basketball this show. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We got a big commitment that is most likely going to be coming across the wire here shortly. We will talk about that in a second, but first Jason Shear, we need to now talk about Arizona football against Washington. I don't understand why there are people that are upset by this performance. I was more than okay with this performance across the board from the U of A there, Skier. Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, Arizona (laughs) didn't get blown out like we both thought they would. Washington's offense is dynamic. Arizona had a game plan um, and and executed it pretty well. It's one of those games where I watch it. I I was like, okay, whatever. They lost to a, a really good team. Let's move on. Nothing really to complain about too much. All right, defensively though, we got to give uh, we got to give Jed Fish a lot of kudos right here because the overhaul of the defense isn't quite like the overhaul of the offense was last year, but the overhaul of the defense has been incredibly impressive. You gave up 10 points in the second half to Washington right there, and the defensive line is good. Um it feels weird to say it, but the defensive line is good. And that's kind of gone with Taylor Upshaw right there. I had no clue what to expect from Taylor Upshaw, but he's a player that you kind of feel could maybe flirt with 10 sacks this year, Sheer. Yeah, I mean, he's been great. And it's, it's 
you know, it, it, you got to measure the aggressiveness with the uh, with the output. Like Taylor Upshaw has like one personal foul game, it feels like, but you're almost okay mm-hmm. with it as he also has a sack a game. And um, you like to see that aggression on the defensive line when we haven't seen that in, it feels like, years. Um, they, they've done a good job. Like they've rebuilt it. Is it a perfect defense? No, you, you'd probably like to see Arizona with a little more depth at linebacker and a little better at safety. But um, the defensive line is is clearly better. Uh, the corners have, have performed well. Arizona's defense overall is taking a major jump. We said in the preseason all we wanted from Arizona's defense was that for it to be average, and it is very clearly at the worst average. And I think we could go a step further and say it's a little bit above average there, Jason Shear. I have just thrown down the gauntlet that it's a little bit above average. It could be, yeah. I mean, we're going to find out, like, look, I'll, I'll say this. It's above average. You want to say it. It is, it is, but USC's offense is just stupid, right? Like, it's just stupid, and if Arizona goes out and plays well defensively and holds USC to 30 points, uh, that's really something. It, it, it really is. If they, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't, but if they go out there and we see a 31-point effort from USC, I'm all in on Arizona having a good defense. All right, now Jesse Johnson right here, the great Jesse Johnson, says, uh, let's see here. What Cats made it close enough against UW for fans to taste it. Might have been easier to digest at 14 to 17 point differential. Again, seven points is seven points right there, and Arizona only gave up 10 points in the second half. Arizona outscored Washington in the second half. It's lucky for Washington this game didn't go another half because we might be talking about an Arizona victory right here, Sheer. We need yeah, three halves football yeah three halves until or you just keep playing until Arizona wins I don't see what's wrong with that I don't see any problem with it at all now we got to talk about Noah Fafita um Noah Fafita to me is the dude who is I'll just be honest with you I like Noah Fafita a great deal but first of all something I also do like though is Circle K join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. I was at Circle K earlier today, as a matter of fact. Uh, Circle K right up the road on 6th. You have been there before, Jason Shear. Many a times. Yes, it's a very good spot. Check it out, Circle K. And one other thing, game time. Now, maybe you're like Jason Shear or myself, and <laughs> you don't have those press passes. And you're like, man, last second, I want to take the kids. And that's where Game Time comes into play. Game Time can help you out. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay. Noah Fafita, Jaden Delora. Um, I am of the opinion that you go with Noah Fafita at this point. I know they probably won't when JDL's healthy, but Noah Fafita, I thought, uh, played a overall, I thought he played just a fine game against Washington, three touchdowns, one pick. I get that. I, I feel though, that if JDL was in that game, Arizona loses by 17 to 20 points here. What say you? I, I don't know if I would go that far. I, 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 think Noah, I think Noah was fine. Right. I don't think he was spectacular. Um, the stat line could have been better had like T Mac not come in from out of bounds or back inbounds. It could have been worse if that, you know, there were two picks that Washington dropped. Right. And so it, it was a an interesting game. It could have gone both ways for Noah. I thought Noah was fine. Like I don't have any complaints about Noah. 
Um, I think the issue is like what you said, you know, we're talking about something. Uh, Jetfish is starting Jaden Delora. If Jaden Delora is healthy, I don't know what kind of leash he'll have. I think that's the real story. Um, but yeah, like I, I get both arguments. I, I get the people wanting to start Jaden and I get the people wanting to start Noah. Yep. The pro- here's my issue though with Jaden is that when you played two power five football teams, you, he's been absolutely atrocious this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so why does, why does Jaden Delora, in your opinion, cause I'm asking why does Jaden Delora have a leash that essentially is limitless? It seems, I mean, Jay, Jay, Jay fish, Jed fish clearly likes Jaden Delora a great deal. I, he's not a bad quarterback, not saying he is, but he's also not a great quarterback either. And he's, let's be honest here. He's not been good this season. Because, as I said to you on the phone the other day, and, and it was a great point by me, uh, how, many, how many starting quarterbacks get benched for performance by their head coach? It is a very rare thing. For whatever reason, head coaches are loyal to the guy that they start. That is why there's so much bad QB play in college and the NFL. I don't know why it is. I don't know the, the mentality behind it. But when you turn on the TV and watch college football, you go, man, that guy sucks. And then you realize it's his fifth game of not playing well. Look at your boys at Nebraska, right? (laughs) Jeff Sims, I'm serious, though. Like, Jeff Sims is terrible. But Matt Rule was not benching him due to performance. It just wasn't happening. And so, for, for whatever reason, it's a thing that head coaches struggle with. Yeah, but but well, let's just look at the U of A right here. The U of A, um, we've lived through when Matt's uh, – listen, Matt Scott was clearly better in practice than Nick Foles. Get all that. But guess what? Once uh, the lights came on, Matt Scott wasn't as good as Nick Foles. It was just that. Eventually, Mike Stoops Tura had to, was forced to make that change. The craziest one ever, though, and this is where I don't really sure – I don't really understand where coaches come from is Khalil Tate and Brandon Dawkins. Brandon Dawkins was absolute great kid, fantastic kid, not a good college quarterback, a turnover machine. And Khalil Tate was clearly a better quarterback than Brandon Dawkins. And it took some, uh, basically a seven turnover game and an injury from Dawkins for uh, Rich Rod to go with Tate. Why do coaches get these, uh, these fascinations with guys that the average co- player person can see and be like, yeah, they're not that good. Well, like back in that time, if you had asked Rod Smith or Rich Rod why, they would tell you that Khalil Tate wasn't picking up the plays like Dawkins. No, not Rod Smith, just Rich Rod. Okay, but then Rich Rod would tell you, hey, look, uh, you know, Brandon is runs our offense better. Khalil doesn't really even run our offense. But Khalil's clearly more explosive and dynamic, whatever. I think if you ask Jed what he likes about Jaden over Noah, he would tell you that there's much more of a vertical passing threat with Jaden. Now, keep in mind, when you look at Jed and the quarterbacks he's coached, interceptions is part of the game. It it just is in his system or whatever, and and, and it doesn't seem like he freaks out over interceptions. I think he said early in the season, I look at interceptions as teaching moments. I don't yell about interceptions, which is very different than a lot of coaches. And he would tell you that the offense is more dynamic. It may be more steady with Noah. I think it's more steady with Noah, but it's more dynamic with Jaden. Well, was it all dynamic against Stanford? No, but it, it, but but he'll point and say, "Look, Stanford, blah blah blah." And I'm just saying, I, I'm not saying I agree. And then he'll point to last year, and he's done it before, where people were like, "Oh, Jaden." He's like, "Well, last year Jaden threw for 
400 yards and four touchdowns against uh, Washington or whatever. What the, and I'm going to look it up right now against USC. Mm-hmm. If I remember, Jaden killed USC. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I'm going to look it up now. I'm gonna, his, his stat line against USC last year was uh, 380 yards, three touchdowns, and 54 yards rushing. One pick. All right. Now let's talk about this year. Sheer, I'm just going to ask you right now, and then we're going to talk about some other parts of the team right here. Jason Shear, if it was up to Coach Shear, roaming up and down the sideline in his Crocs and his, uh, his uh, T-shirt right there, Coach Shear, who is Coach Shear starting? Noah Fafita or Jaden Delora? I would start Noah because as a head coach, if I was a head coach, there's value in knowing what I'm going to get. I fully recognize, and I'm of the belief that Jaden has a higher overall ceiling in a lower floor, right? Mm-hmm. With Noah, he may not be as dynamic at times, but I know what I'm getting in Noah Fafita. He's not getting rattled. He's not throwing random passes up. I know what I'm getting, and as a head coach, I place a high value on that. I do too as well, Jason Shear. That's why you are a commander of industry, a titan of the city right there. Um, now, looking ahead to SC, I have a good feeling about this SC game. Generally, Arizona plays SC a little bit tougher than most, but I also kind of feel that SC's defense is obviously atrocious. Arizona has a better defense than SC. I just said that. Um, I think that if Noah Fafita starts, I think Arizona can win this game. My question, my worry, though, is if Dolores starts, do we get more of the just running around for 30 yards and then chucking it out of bounds or chucking it deep like we've had all season so far? Yeah, I will tell you that if Dolores starts against USC, Arizona's throwing that ball deep. It's throwing it all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. That's the Jaden Delora Arizona offense. And to be fair, it could very well work against USC. It would have worked against a lot of teams, but against USC with their awful safeties, if they, you know, Shaw was terrible uh, against Colorado, if they target him, it could work. It could absolutely work. I think Arizona, I don't expect them to win, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if this is another close USC game. All right, Keck. All right, Keck. I got some information for you. Mike, you're in their house. No, I am in their house. I am going to be up in the press box with Ben White, and we're going to do the post-game show from the Coliseum right there. We look forward to seeing from you, Keck. All right. Now, uh, what is Michael Wiley's status? Still going to be out a couple weeks from what I hear. Is this true? Yeah, I don't I don't expect him back. I think he's actually less likely to come back than, than Delora, from what I understand. Yeah, so it's too bad because he's a good player. But I am okay with Jonah Coleman back there. I like Jonah Coleman. I like DJ Williams. They have a little bit of a pop right there that uh, the Wiley doesn't necessarily have. But I do like Michael Wiley a great, great deal, Jason Shear. Yeah, I like Michael Wiley a lot. I, I think he's good. I just It's that position where there's really not a drop-off. Jonah Coleman's good. DJ's good. Um, you're, you're just fine in that regard. We got to talk about Leif Magnuson for a second right here. Our guy Leif is a beast. First of all, Quinn Magnuson, fan of the show out there, Quinn. Part of the back of the A movement as well. Um, Jamari Phillips' dad says hello. But um, I thought Leif, I thought Leif played very well. And I'm, you know what? There's a little bit of depth on this offensive line that is starting to emerge, which which feels weird because generally we're used to having two good offensive linemen, and that's it. Yeah, Leif, Leif was really good. Like in, in their times against Stanford. They, they ran right behind him, and they they ran right behind him a little bit against Washington. And 
Um, it's wild because again, like going into the season, offensive line was a concern, and now it's it's not. Like there's legit depth. Um, remember, Arizona had a guy that was supposed to be starting that has been injured the entire season, and and I don't know when he's coming back. And the fact that you could put in a guy like Leif and and Arizona still performs really well on the offensive line is is a credit to the depth of the overall recruiting and, and coaching. Right. Now, uh, let's see here. Uh, Brad Rich says, we need to talk about Dalton Johnson being prolific. Yes, very prolific right there. Like Nipsey Hussle having the prolific tattoo on the side of his face. Dalton Johnson has been prolific on the face of the U of A football field right there. Um, my only question is this. Why didn't Dalton Johnson play last year? I was going to say, all this does, and credit to Dalton Johnson, he's better than Christian Young. By a good was margin. Was he better than Christian Young last season? And if so, why wasn't he playing? Right. I I don't get that one at all because Christian Young, another one. Sure, he's a great kid, but uh, Christian Young was a massive liability last year. Dalton Johnson's actually good. I, I would be very curious. Sure, that might be a question for you to ask uh, Jed Fish. We're talking uh, to Nansen today. Maybe I'll ask him. I'm just saying, just say, listen, why, why was he not out here, coach? You will identify the reason as to why he wasn't out there. Um, now, as far as, uh, as far as this defense then against SC, like you said, SC is a, uh, a SC is a monster right there uh, offensively, but this is also a Lincoln Riley team that you should be able to score a lot of points against SC. If Arizona goes in there with JDL and only scores like 17 points sheer, I am going to rip my hat off. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it. Lincoln Riley's teams with Alex Grinch are bad defensively. They, they, they're just not good. They weren't good at Oklahoma or whatever. Um, when you look at USC's offensive talent, it's as good as it's been in the conference in, in a decade. Right. Like, it's just, I mean, position by position, they're just absolutely loaded. You have to be able to score on them. I, I know we've talked about US, Arizona's defense being better, um, but – at the end of the day, my dogs are killing each other. But yeah, at the end of the day, you can only stop so many times, right? Like USC is going to score points. I'd be shocked if they would score 31, 38 points. You have to be able to score against them. You should be able to score against them. Um, so, again, it's it's going to be – and, again, like you said, like one of the reasons with Noah and Jaden is you can't turn the ball over against USC. Right. That offense is just too good. Why is – let me ask you this. This is off topic. Why do people say that a quarterback can't lose their job to injury? It happens all the time. When does it happen? How about Nick Foles and Matt Scott? Matt Scott got hurt. How about Brandon Dawkins? Go Brandon Dawkins got hurt. I was going to go with the, I mean, this is, is the most famous one is Tom Brady. And then isn't uh, Trent Green, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, Trent Green. You can always lose your job to injury. Yeah, you can lose your job to injury. I don't, I don't get that at all. If I, if my starter gets hurt and he was average and my backup comes in and throws for 300 yards and five touchdowns, what am I going to say? Oh, you're cool. The other guy was injured. No, yep. you can absolutely yep. lose job to injury. If Noah Fafina starts against USC and wins and does so while playing well, I can't, and I'm not saying Jed will do this, it becomes so difficult to start Jaden Delora when his first start coming back from an injury is not only after a win over USC, but on the road against Washington State. 
we're going to get to that. It'll, there's a lot of uh, interesting uh, dynamics in there. But first, OGs. Check out our friends at OGs. You might be like me and you're uh, you're watching Noah Fafita and you're frustrated that he's not out there. OGs could help you with that. Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check out them across all socials at OGs Brands and online at OGsBrands.com to find them at your local dispensary near you. Must be 21 years or up to enjoy responsibly. All right, now. Um, as far as uh, uh, Raymond Polito goes, I'm kind of at the stage now. I love Raymond. I think he's going to be a beast here. I would kind of like to see him redshirt, to be honest with you. We're we're approaching the halfway point of the season, been dealing with a lot of injuries, rest up, get better, come into camp next year, ready to rock and roll and start. What say you, Sheer? Yeah, it's a tough decision because the kid wants to play and the injuries and it's all that, but I'm at the point where uh, I, would, I would just redshirt him. I mean, I think right. it, it does him good, and at this point, just do it. All right, now USC, though, has playing some Arizona players. Now, again, Christian Roland Wallace, they're finding out is actually pretty good there, Sherry. You always thought Roland Wallace stunk. Would you take this back? I didn't say he stunk. I said he didn't get many interceptions. Uh, he got one last game. Keon Bars is – I win that one. You thought Keon Bars was awesome. He's not awesome. He's been benched. I just said he, just said he was Warren Sapp. That's all. Yeah, he's been benched. All right. You see now, Riley called him out. No, what he said, I didn't see that. He said Ke- the reason he didn't play last week is he said Keon doesn't practice well. You have to practice to play. One thing though that we do have to say is that as good as uh, Mo- or Montana is not as good as Dorian Singer. This is definitely right. fair to say. Dorian Singer's in a weird situation. They're winning. USC's better than Arizona. His numbers are nowhere near right. what they were. It's like a situation where they both probably could Arizona and. Dorian Singer both probably could have reevaluated their situation. Why is Montana? Why is Montana Lamonius Craig? And again, I'm not saying this because he's a good football player. Why is he so good that it is impossible to take him off the field? I get cowing. I get T Mac. Why is uh, Lamonius Craig? He ain't that dude. I don't understand the only playing three wide receivers. Uh, I I agree with you. I think it's because. Arizona only teaches a receiver certain spots. If you're taking Montana off, you're putting in AJ Jones or Hyatt, I believe. Maybe Riley. Malachi Riley. Yeah. So it wouldn't be Kevin Green. I, I I agree with you. Montana has not been good this season. I, I think he's very clearly been a disappointment uh, compared to expectations. Do you think that now is this something that we're going to continue to see where you basically just play three receivers and those three will never come off the field. I think it depends how good your future receivers are because cowing and T-Mac, I get it. If the receivers aren't moving forward, aren't as good as T-Mac and cowing, maybe there's a little more rotation. I, I don't know. How about Montana though? He ain't, he's not in that class. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird situation because they, I mean, there's very clearly like Riley being on the field, Kevin green being on the field. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing. Um, uh, there is nothing uh, wrong with that at all. Now, let's get this a little bit of Arizona basketball talk because we're going to preview USC more in depth tomorrow because Shear is coming back on tomorrow again. We like Jason Shear for doing this. All right, Arizona basketball red blue. Do you want to apologize now, later, or when do you want to apologize about KJ Lewis stealing the show? Because Jason Shear, you knew better deep down. You knew better. You fought it, and KJ Lewis has come out victorious. Yeah, I mean, look, Mike, there's a lot of basketball to be played because there's still basketball to be played, like the first game. But, I mean, he's clearly – yeah, he's good. I mean, I'm not – 
And, and the thing is, with KJ, I, I think, again, it, it's – we've said this before, but it's what makes scouting difficult. You know, if I see KJ Lewis play and he's over 30 from the field, but he's super athletic, that's what I'm going to say. If I watch KJ Lewis and he makes threes or whatever, I'm like, oh, crap, this dude's good. And, like, we're going to talk about Emmanuel Steven. When I, when I saw him, I watched him three or four games in Phoenix. I think he played well in one of them, mm-hmm. right? The next week they have the UIBL and he's putting up lines of like 26 points and 15 rebounds, but right. I'm not watching that. So it's, it's hard to scout that all the time. You know what I mean? No. Why did I know about KJ Lewis? Uh, because you think everyone is good. That's not true. Because I've issued many apologies for players. I didn't think were good. Uh, I was going to say something really mean about a player you think is good, but. I'm gonna, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Say it. You think, you think Dylan's really good? Love Dylan. Dylan was in the three-point contest. Come on, man. <laughs> Not only were, Dylan- I, just, I hope everyone realizes your love for Dylan, guys. Mike is sitting there on press row or whatever, openly cheering for Dylan Anderson to win the three-point contest. Openly. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, you wanted him to win as well. Yes, I did. But, I mean, you were clapping. You were chanting. You tried to start a Dylan chant. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. I get I get all of that. But KJ Lewis though stole the show. He is playing this year. I don't know in what capacity he's playing, but if we're looking at the rotation right there, you got Kylan Boswell is going to play. You got Jaden Bradley. Um, you got uh, Pella Larson. You got Caleb Love. You got uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Umar Ballo, leader of men, Montias Crevis, and then KJ Lewis is that next one up. I'm pretty sure. I agree on that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm. It's, I'm very curious to see where those minutes come from. I mean, I my guess is he takes a little from Boswell, a little from Bradley, a little here and there, and before you know it, KJ has like ten a game. Yeah, and it's it's kind of that Jalen Clark thing that we've talked about, where you play a little bit as a freshman, you're in the rotation big time as a sophomore, and then you break out as a junior. KJ Lewis, right there, very happy about that. Also, T Burns eight two six. Talk about the elephant in the room right there. Philly B won the three-point contest. Mike has that for a year. Not only did Philly B do that, Philly B wanted every last one of those shots right there. His confidence level is fantastic. Uh, Philly B saw a situation where he was allowed to shoot whenever he wants, which is where he cooks. And yes. he said, you know what? I'm going to shoot all these. doesn't matter. And he airballed a few. A few hit the back of the backboard, and he said, I'm still cooking, and he wound up winning. And then, all right, um, and then it was funny, though, once the scrimmage started, and by the way, we'll get to the uh, the streaming aspect here in just a second. Um, we'll, uh, uh, once he, uh, there's that one play where he's trying to, like, ISO, and then he pulls up and he shoots a three, and it's blocked, like, with, like, the elbow of the defender or something. It's like, Philly, that's, that's not what you do right there. Just let my guy cook. That's all he needs is a chance. All right, now, I like, uh, let's see here. All right, now, let's, all right, Brad Rich, this is a fair point. There, that was unacceptable to not have the red-blue game t- uh, on TV or stream. The replays showed after indicated they do have the ability. I'll listen. I love Dave Hickey. I think he is absolutely fantastic. You will never get me to uh, say that he is anything but an awesome AD. This was messed up by the Arizona Athletic Department. There's no way around it. That should have been streamed. They clearly had the capability. Cheer. And what's great is that stream was never supposed to have been found. Brian Peterson found it. Um, it was never, it was like the third stream, like the baseball camera, and they only did it to capture the content and release it on YouTube. I don't know why they didn't stream it. 
Uh, I do know that there was some embarrassment when it was found and how I think that for whatever reason, they underestimated the reaction of Arizona fans. I mean, these are people that we woke up at three in the morning and watched it on a cell phone of Arizona playing some random team in Abu Dhabi. It, it was just a, it was a bad miscalculation by the other. Well, right. And somebody on your board made a really good point too, where he said that um, he said, dude, I'd watch that thing on a grainy image on my phone. Um, you, uh, it, it's hard to really, it's hard to really sit there and like I said, defend it. Not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but not a good look either. We agree on that one. All right. Now we're going to get to Emmanuel Steven in a second. Jesse Johnson right here. Um, again, any further Intel on unofficial visitors? What say you Jason Shear? Yeah, I got a couple articles that I'm, I'm holding off until today's news, but Carter loved it. Uh, Mason McGee, a point guard out of Basha, loved it. Um, Jamari, and you know Jamari. Basha? Right? Yeah, Chandler Basha. It's Basha. It's Basha, Basha, whatever. It is not Basha. His name was not Eddie Basha. It was Eddie Basha. Come on. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll we'll have some updates on uh, on the website. All right. Well, all right. We like to hear that. We will talk more about that. By the way, Jamari Phillips, dad, definitely living it up right there. A chief member of the back the a movement right there. Um, you could tell that these, uh, that entire, uh, that entire area right there had a really, really good time between him, Carter Bryant, Manuel Steven. They put on a pretty good show for the recruits right there. Sheer. Yeah. It was, I mean, they enjoy themselves. It was fun. You know, they, there's no complaints coming out of that. Um, you know, it, it's very rarely do you hear complaints, but you know, Carter and I'll have this interview up there, There's a lot that I think caught the eyes of the recruits, just the overall atmosphere, bringing all the ex players back titles, NBA titles, all that. It's, it's something that these guys notice. All right. Now let's talk Emmanuel Steven. I love Emmanuel Steven because this is the type of player that I think is going to take him a year or two, but I do believe that Emmanuel Steven, when that time comes, maybe as a sophomore, I don't know, but there is a little bit of Christian Coloco in the comparison. I don't hate that comparison there, Skier. I think that the, the reason is though they're, they're built different. Uh, Emmanuel's much thicker. He's bigger much. guy. Um, but I think the comparison is that the offensive games coming into Arizona clearly need work. Emmanuel Stevens can step in right now and be a, a very good rebounder and shot blocker right away. Um, and that's something that Christian Coloco could have been right away as well. Um, I think Steven is more physically ready to play than Coloco was. You're going to have to take a little bit of a hit on offense, um, but it'll get there. I mean, it's not like he's a complete lost cause. This is a this is an intriguing 2024 class right here because you've got obviously Jamari Phillips, Carter Bryant, and Emmanuel Steven in there as well. You've got you've got the dynamic scorer. You've got the uh, the kind of the jack of all trades small forward. Now you got the uh, gazelle big man. I like it, Sheer. I dig what Tommy Lloyd is doing in this 2024 class. Yeah, I, I do as, as well. And I don't think they'll land Zoom Diallo. My guess is he goes to, I don't know, not Arizona. But um, the class is fine. And, and then you see who leaves. And then you kind of fill in the spots with, with the portal. But you have the dynamic score. You have the the big wing forward. And then you have the, the center that can develop. And you're giving them time and all that because of the depth you already have on the roster. I, I like this class a lot. When I look at the 2024, uh, when I look at this 2024 class, I also think to myself that um, you've got 
two guys that I think are, are going to start in the, uh, the following season. I don't know how it's going to happen. If let's just say that, uh, let's just say that Kylan Boswell moves on. Jaden Bradley is obviously going to be your point guard. Then you've got Jamari Phillips, KJ Lewis. I think you can put Carter Bryan in there at the four and then Montias Crevis, who we're going to get to in a second there at the five there, Skier. Yeah. I mean, we're assuming certain guys leave. I mean, Pella, you know, Pella may never leave. So, you know, <laughs> like, but Pella's yeah, I, and dribble, by the way, we did oh, notice that. Come on. Pella was great. Uh, yeah. Like you, I mean, there's, I always look because there's a lot of teams in the country that just recruit. They don't look at needs or whatever. I think Tommy has, and we've talked about this with Tommy before. He'll say, okay, is this guy going to play right away? If not, look, I already have Crevis at center. Crevis is going to be here for two years, right? He'll look at Emmanuel Stevens and say, look, Emmanuel Stevens is going to be here for four years. So when they recruit a 2025 center, they have to weigh, what is this guy going to look at like when he finally plays? I think Arizona does a very good job of evaluating its overall roster and adding players and picking and choosing who to recruit in, in this class is a good indication of that. All right. TLN says, do you think Arizona's bigs can dominate uh, Duke? I don't think Filipowski can handle our size. Well, I'm going to give you an idea on what Shear's going to say. Shear literally thinks that Umar Bala will eat Zach Eady alive. So if alive. you alive personally, well, it's going to slice and dice him up right there. By the way, Mike, do you have Peacock? I do have Peacock. The Arizona Purdue game was announced today. It's going to be on Peacock. I know. I just saw that. That's stupid. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. You got two top 10 teams playing and you're on Peacock. I mean, it's you know who's excited Peacock about that? Has it. Michigan, Michigan State is on Peacock. And then Indiana versus someone else. Another huge game is on Peacock. It's just you know who's excited about that? Our guy, Mike Lowry. Yes. Big deal for him. Big, big deal. deal for Mike Lowry right there. Keck. All right. Keck right here. Now we got to beat up Keck here for a second. Tommy, I don't think Duke is going to be dominating. Don't be surprised if Duke's walks with the W. Duke is no slouch. Duke is really, really good this year. I, if I go ahead, sure. Duke is really good. And Arizona's going into Cameron. I, Arizona's going to be a multiple point underdog in that matchup. Arizona yeah. winning would be an upset. Yes, for sure. But those are the kind of games that we like to see, though, Sheer. We don't like that. We don't. We like seeing home and homes with good teams. This is correct. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. The, the out-of-conference schedule is absolutely ridiculous. All right. Now, real quick. Um, got to put down the, uh, this is a good time to become a PHNX diehard. Go to, uh, go PHNX.com. You've got all kinds of, uh, exclusive content there. Discord. You've got Anthony Jamino writing things. Sheer actually likes Anthony Jamino, which is a, uh, which is a good thing, obviously, but no better time. Good merchandise, all that stuff and a discord chat as well. Check it out. Become a PHNX diehard today. All right. Now let's talk Montias Crevis here, Skier. Um, He's interesting because you watch him. He's going to, when he start, when he becomes a starter, which is going to probably be next year, he's going to average like 12 free throw attempts a game. He's going to get fouled all the time. He's not going to probably dunk very much, but he's so large and he has an ability to be able to maneuver around in such a way that it's very, he's a unique player all the way around. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. And he's another guy like, I don't want to have crazy expectations for him right away. But um, his offensive game is much more advanced than I thought it would be. Like, he can legitimately hit jumpers. You could put him in certain situations. You still can't play him with Umar or another big. But um, he's, a, he's a guy where I am very curious. He's probably near the top of my list 
of guys that I, I'm curious where his minutes come from and how many he plays. Yeah, I think you've got to play him at least. And Tony Jones in here, by the way, A.J. Jones' father. We were just talking about A.J. Jones. We want A.J. Jones on the field more. Tony Jones, salute, my man. Back the A. Um, now, Crevis uh, is going to play 15 to 20 minutes per game right now off the top. I feel very comfortable in saying that because here's the thing. Umar Ballo, leader of men, is probably more equipped to be about, what, 20 to... 20 to or 25 minutes or so. I don't know that uh, he's really, um, I don't know that he's really equipped to do more than that this year. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I mean, you just don't want him playing 30 minutes. You know, it, it's, you got to figure out kind of your numbers with your bigs and all that. It's, I love Umar and, and he got in better shape and all that. But you, I, again, like I'm super curious about how all the minutes shake out because depth usually is fake. When coaches talk about depth and we talk about depth, I don't think it's fake this year. I think Arizona's got legitimate depth. I think Arizona's going to play eight guys at the end of the season, and I think that'll probably be whittled down to about seven as we get closer to the NCAA tournament. But I do believe that there's going to be an eight-man rotation. I don't understand. Uh, I don't know where Pauly M's minutes are going to come from. I like Pauly M. But I don't know where his minutes are coming from because if it's between Pauly M and uh, KJ Lewis for those kind of auxiliary minutes right there, KJ Lewis is getting those minutes. Yeah, that's one guy. It, but they're different positions. Like you could play KJ. I mean, Pauly, you could play at the three and the four. KJ is a two and a three. Um, I think Pauly will see some minutes at the four. I'm curious what they do with Pella. Do they play lineups with Pella and Pauly? I mean, they, there's a lot of mixing and matching that's going to happen. Does Tommy push Pella as an All-American candidate this season like he did last year? We can only hope. I will push Pella as an All-American candidate. You're very mean. Your preseason Pac-12 player of the year, Pella Larson. So says Jason Shear. So says Tommy Lloyd right there. Um, Jaden Bradley also. The, what, what I like about this squad a great deal is that they can get into the paint. You've got players that can actually now penetrate. Um, you got with uh, uh, Kirk Creesa. He can, or Kirk Risa couldn't drive. Courtney Ramey could drive, but for whatever reason, didn't drive. So it doesn't really matter. Pella Larson can't dribble. So that would always be a little bit of a, uh, an issue, but now you got Jaden Bradley. Now you got Caleb love. Now you got Kylan Boswell. Those guys all can get into the paint there sheer. And again, I think that Jaden Bradley is going to be a, a monster before his time here is done. Yeah. I mean, you just got guys that you could break off the dribble. Right, and, and and Arizona didn't have that at all last year, and now you've got guys that can create. And, and you know, watching even at the red and blue, you could see, like, there literally wasn't anyone on the roster, maybe Boswell a little bit, that could take their guy off the dribble. Right, uh, Courtney Ramey couldn't take Princeton off the dribble. Like, we saw that. Uh, this year, I don't think it's an issue at all. There's multiple guys that could take their man off the dribble, and I think we're going to see not only just a, a different type of offense, but – when Arizona faces a good defensive team that maybe has Arizona schemed a little bit, you're going to see guys that can create for themselves and others because of their ability to actually dribble. What I also like too, is the weenie factor on this team is very low this year. All these guys are tough out there. I mean, Keyshaw Johnson, we haven't even got to him. We're going to get to him in a second. He's tough. Jaden Bradley's tough. You replaced some. You replaced some guys who weren't the toughest players in the world with some really tough players right there. And you are a you are a captain of the Kirk Crease of fan club, Jason Shear. 
Yeah, I mean, Arizona's not going to get punked. No one's punking Keyshawn Johnson. No one's punking Caleb Love, uh, Jaden Bradley. It, it's just, it's not happening. I would be absolutely shocked if a team came in and kind of just punked Arizona this year. Do you think that uh, Jaden, do you think Jaden Bradley is an upgrade over Kirk Creesa? Uh, yeah, I like the way Jaden Bradley plays. I, he yeah, then, and he creates, yeah. I like him quite. I think he's actually, I think we may wind up looking back and underrating him a little bit preseason. By the way, Keck, Mike, did you just say the weenie factor? Correct. I did say the weenie factor. Thanks yeah. for listening. Appreciate the kind words. All right. TON says right here, looking at this out-of-conference schedule, because, by the way, this out-of-conference schedule, we're about a month away from Arizona Duke, my friends. I think Arizona loses to Duke and Purdue, but beats MSU, FAU, Bama, and Wisconsin. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I but that's really Right. I think, I think that's actually a pretty good one right there. Um, let's see here now. TLN, another TLN, uh, Johnson's dunk was underrated. Insane athleticism. He put on display. Yeah, no, he's a freak. Um, he is, uh, uh, Skier and I have talked about this a lot offline, but I'm not saying that he's better than a Julius Tabellis, but I definitely like his fit for this year's team a lot more than I would with the Julius Tabellis. I think Arizona upgraded in a weird way at that position. Yeah. I, I don't think he's better than a Julius, but, um, you know, he's going to succeed in, in, He's probably a better rebounder, and he's definitely a better defender, right? right? And again, we know, and I'm very confident in saying, we go back to the weenie factor, no one in the country is punking Kishad Johnson. It's not what? happening. What did he say? He's got a tattoo that says misunderstood. What does this mean again? It means that you you think he's nice, but he's, I don't know. Oh, I don't get that <laughs> one. Well, either way, Kishad, we appreciate that. All right, Andy Brown. EHNX right here. Oh, only Scott Schlittenhardt's got the PHNX tat, though. Scott got some new ink, by the way. It looked fantastic. Uh, congrats, Scott. I know you'll be listening later. Good stuff right there. Um, I think we need to be at least eight deep. Your gas, you gas your team with seven or less. This isn't the WCC. Um, the Pac-12 is essentially the WCC this year, but he's right, though. Going into the Big 12, it's difficult when you only got seven players. You don't need depth. It's been proven maybe during the regular season, depth is nice, but in, C in the NCAA tournament, depth is overrated. It doesn't exist. You're you're only playing seven guys anyway. You need seven players right there, but during the regular season, I do believe you need eight, though. This is correct. That's fair. I'll agree with that. All right. Now, now let's talk. I am now of the opinion, too, that Arizona is clearly the favorite to win the uh, the Pac-12 this year. Shear has been saying, and we'll get to 2025 recruits. Shear was saying for the longest time, Andy Enfield this, Andy Enfield that, USC, Brawny, all of that. Shear, are you are you prepared to change your prediction now and choose Arizona to win the conference? Yeah, most likely. I, I know that you told me, quote, Andy Enfield is the best coach in the conference, but I just I, I think Arizona has a a better overall team, and you got to keep in mind like Bronny maybe not playing. I think you have to factor that in. Well, Bronny's supposed to play, isn't he? We'll see. Oh, sure. Do you have inside information? I, I mean, he, they, they said the goal is to get him on the court, but when is that? And and what kind of playing time is that? And all and, that. Well, you know, Big Vince Iwachuk would do the same exact thing right there. I am excited to play UCLA because I think Arizona is going to smoke UCLA in this last year. I think U UCLA is in for a very tough time against the University of Arizona. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think UCLA is going to be very good defensively, and you know how I feel about their point guard situation. Uh, I don't. I do like Dylan Andrews. All right. TLN says right here, TLN, 
I would love for this to be right. I will start the my bad Henry movement is, if this happens. I'm kind of out on Henry on this team. I don't I I haven't seen much improvement. I haven't heard much great things behind the scenes. Maybe it changes, but I'm a little out on I'm a little out on Henry right now. We're just at the point where it's we need to see it to believe it. Thinking yeah. he's going to do better and all that is great, but we're just at we need to see it from Henry already. We're at that point. Can you explain to me why you rated uh, Henry as like the 35th best player in the country and Crevis is like the 140th? No. What's going on there? I can't explain it. I don't I don't agree with it, but different people I, doing different rankings. We'll just leave Different it strokes for different folks right there. Um but uh you know, we'll see. Now, um you're right though. It's going to be about seven players I think. Now, let's talk about the 2025 recruits right there because we uh we do need to talk about this a little bit. Um, who do you like for 2025 right now, Sheer? I mean, Hudson Greer's really good. They they love him. The show last week. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. He's I, I got to catch up with him about the visit, but he's nowhere near deciding. He's going to eventually have offers from everyone, but he's definitely one of the uh, the top priorities for the Arizona coaching staff. Yes, and I think a lot of this is also going to depend too on who com- who comes back and who stays because with especially with the COVID year. Some of these guys can keep coming back. I know that's weird to say, but Pella Larson could come back next year. Umar Ballo, leader of men, can come back next year if he wants. So, again, I know that doesn't impact the 2025 class, but it does make things a little bit more interesting for sure. Um, Koa Pete. Always got to talk a little bit about Koa Pete. That's going to be a difficult one for Arizona. I know they, they could get Koa Pete, but this could also be one where you're going to the highest bidder. Yeah, they have to have the money. I'm just going to straight up say it. Uh, it may not be the highest one, but they better be ready to compete with the schools that are, you know, writing the checks. If Arizona can't compete with those, it's going to be really hard. If Arizona finds the money to be very close to those top schools, I, I think Arizona has a very real chance of landing in. All right, we're going to still go here for a few more minutes, Sheer, but where can they find you, though? Because I have to put in this uh, – um, uh, let's see. Big B can make more in the NBA than what U of A can pay. I don't know whatever that means. Um, sure. Where can they find you though? Uh, wildcatauthority.com at Jason Shear on Twitter, and then the Wildcat Scoop podcast with Shelby. All right. Now here's the deal. Bet MGM. You might say to yourself, Mike, where could I bet against all of that Keck's bad takes? Thanks for asking. I have a great place for you. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the BetMGM sportsbook mobile app. Of at least $10, you will receive $200 instantly and additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome right there. Check out the show notes for full details. All right. I am going to try to do this on my own with the disclaimer from Shane Diefenbach. But again, nobody ever said that uh, I was talented in the technological realm. This could end in a disastrous. Let's see. Uh, let's see what happens. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Just read the bottom. That's the uh... okay. Gambling problem call. Yes, good call. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 
4673 NY. Call 1-800-327-5050-MA. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. 1-800-BETS-OFF. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help uh, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Use promotional code or U.S. promotional codes not available in D.C., Ontario, or New York right there. Wow. Dude, that was good. I would never have figured that out. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable right there. And I think I did a very, very good job. All right. We're going to talk a lot about um, going to talk a lot about Arizona football then tomorrow. We're going to break down the Emmanuel Steven commitment. That's called a hint right there. But everybody out there, you guys are the best. We're going to do much more of this tomorrow. Sheer will be back in the uh, the co-pilot seat as well. But for Jason Shear, I am Mike Luke. Everybody out there, you know the movement, the back the A movement. It is strong. It is thriving. And you know what? If you know somebody that you think would be a good back the A member, shoot them this way. But on that note, you have – oh, hold on. Let me – Oh, there it is. All right. On that note, you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Oh.